Well, hey, everybody, it is so good to be with you again in worship. Uh, I miss you. <laughs> we miss you so much. I have uh, realized just how, um, how much this connection that we have in worship every week means to my life, and I, I'm sure that you have too. So just want to say we love you and we miss you in this uh, difficult and, and strange time. We are continuing to social distance ourselves as a way, uh, we believe, of loving our neighbor best and taking care of those who are most vulnerable, something that we've been committed to at Providence for a long, long time. So thank you for continuing to be faithful in that and to begin uh, to be faithful in this new rhythm. I know this has been a strange and tough time for those of us who uh, may struggle with anxiety and depression and fear we're just kind of hanging on, you know? We're just kind of hanging on together, and we are going to hang on uh, together through this season. We're not giving up. As we talked about last week, it, it feels like it's going to feel like a long time, but we have what we need in God to get through uh, this time together. So I'm going to start. I want to start today just by being thankful, joining you in being thankful that we can do this that we can be together and we can worship. Because here's what I've learned. There is nothing that can stop us from worshiping our God. There's nothing that can stop us. And so we'll keep figuring out ways to do that, keep figuring out ways uh, to be together in this time. But, but we, get, we begin this morning just kind of saying to you, God, we begin this morning thankful. We're thankful to you, God, that you're a faithful God and you are here with us this morning or whenever you may be watching this. What I want to talk to you about right now is a great exchange and a great reminder, okay? A great exchange and a great reminder. We have been studying for the last few weeks a passage of Scripture in Isaiah 61. It's a prophecy. It's foretelling the coming Messiah, the one that the people of God were waiting for and longing for, the Savior that would come. And you've heard us talking about it. Maybe if you're just jumping in, no worries. We'll get you caught up. It starts off, and it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because I've been anointed to bring good news to the poor, to uh, release the captive, to give sight to the blind. So the, the Messiah, we're being told, has God's spirit on him. But the place we've been looking at is where it comes to saying that the Savior will come to us. It, it, we're called them in these scriptures. It says the Savior will come, the Messiah will come to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of despair. What we're hearing here is an exchange. You have ashes on your head, now you get a crown. You're, you're mourning right now, there's going to be oil dripping down your chin. It's going to feel like joy. You're in a dark place, you're, heavy, you're feeling the heaviness of all of this, um, you're going to get a new covering, a new garment, and that garment is praise. It's going to be praise. Like, how could we do what we just did by singing those songs in the week that we have had? How could we do that? The only way we could do that if, is if there's some kind of exchange, right? Could we hear, you know, God coming to us and making an exchange with us? You're wearing ashes, you get a crown. You're feeling, uh, you're mourning, you're going to get joy, those kind of things. So the exchange is almost visible in Isaiah 61. And so I've been thinking about exchanges and uh, how we exchange things. Uh, mainly, you know, I think about exchanging clothing when you go in and uh, you may buy it at a store and you get home. One reason you might make an exchange, right, is because it's like, oh, this doesn't fit me the way I want it to fit. But mostly, I think I exchange things. I can learn about the fit in the store, but it's when I get home, I realize 
I just don't want this anymore. <laughs> Have you ever had that experience? Like, I was a rock star when I was in the, <laughs> in the dressing room trying this on, and now uh, suddenly this is not working for me anymore. So last Christmas, I was at Opry Mills doing some Christmas shopping for, uh, for other people, and I ended up, I just bought a leather jacket for myself, for myself. Was I, was I looking for a leather jacket for myself? I was not. But I bought a leather jacket. It was actually a motorcycle jacket. <laughs> um, do I have a motorcycle? I do not. But I bought this jacket. It's not a Harley jacket. It was like the kind of jacket Vin Diesel wore in The Fast and, and the Furious. You know, this kind of, I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know why I bought it, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's an unauthorized photo that you're seeing right now. That should not be. But it, I bought this leather jacket. And while I'm sliding my card to buy the jacket, I feel regret, right? I know that this is a mistake. I'm in the parking lot. I text Rachel. I say, hey, I just bought a leather jacket. And what I get back is, okay. Now, when Rachel texts okay, it doesn't mean okay, right? You should know that about text. Okay doesn't mean okay. It's something less than that. So I get home. I try it on. And Rachel gives me this look. I don't know if this will translate on the screen, but she gives me this look. It's kind of a scrunched face. She's like, mm. I don't know if you can see that. The head tilts. It's like, and then she says, if she says this, I know it's over, but she'll say, I don't know, buddy. I don't know, buddy means you look like a fool, <laughs> all right? So here's, the, here's, the, here's why I'm so full of joy to tell you about the leather jacket today. The only reason that I'm happy to tell you about that leather jacket is because I don't have it anymore. <laughs> I took it back. I went back to Opry Mills to the store called Buckle, which I have no business being in. I should have never been in it. <laughs> and I put the jacket on the counter, and they asked me, they're like, sir, is there something wrong with the jacket? And I said, no, I just don't want it anymore. And I exchanged it. And I don't know if you ever put something on and you realize, I don't want this anymore. That you put on discouragement. You put on self-loathing. You put on suffocating fear. You put on this, this deep regret. You put on darkness. Has anybody this week been fooled into putting something on that you don't want to wear anymore? Well, these verses in Isaiah 61 are about the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus. And he comes to make a great exchange, to take our ashes and put a crown upon our head. It's like he's saying, I will take those ashes, Mount Juliet. I see your ruins, and I will give you a crown. I see your mourning today. I see your grief. I will, I will exchange it for oil like joy running down your head. I see your darkness. I see your despair. I will give you a new garment. I'll give you something new to wear. What is it? It's praise. We'll praise God in the midst of this time. So you may have something on this morning. That's what I want you to think about. Like, what, do you, what have you been putting on? If you want to say, I don't want to wear this anymore, Jesus is the one who can make that exchange. I'll tell you what you can put on. So I'm going to tell you now something that you can put on. You can cut the tags off. You don't have to worry about it. Nobody in your house is going to give you the, <laughs> the scrunched up face if you put this on. This is, this is going to fit. This is what we're going to wear. Here it is. You ready? Truth around your waist. Jesus on your chest, peace on your shoes. Anybody remember this? Salvation on my head, 
a shield. You didn't even know you had shield in your outfit. A shield of faith and a sword, which is the word of God. And that's what I'm bringing into your computer right now. I'm bringing it into your, if you don't want the word of God in your house, shut it down, okay? We're bringing the word of God in. This is the outfit that we're giving. What in the world am I talking about? I'm talking about Ephesians 6. This is how we started our year here at Providence. Hear this scripture. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. One more verse. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. We started our year here at Providence saying, we're brave, we're strong, we're known, we are loved. And we studied these verses to say that our struggle is actually um, a spiritual battle. That's what I want you to think about this morning. You may think, I thought we were battling coronavirus. No. As followers of Jesus, we are safe from coronavirus whether we get infected or not. Followers of Jesus will become infected and even die. That's not our battle. Our battle, the thing that's causing us to be depressed, the thing that's causing us to be afraid, is a spiritual battle. And we have all we need for that, guys. What do we have? The belt, it's truth. The breastplate is righteousness. The shoes are peace. Remember the peace shoes? Peace, peace, peace. The helmet is salvation. The shield is faith. And the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. That's what you can put on, cut the tags off, and walk out of your house wearing. Or maybe stay in your house for a little while. <laughs> when you can go out of your house, whatever. Some of you may remember us talking about Joshua. I told you last week, I'm just going to be reminding you of things. That's what, that's what we're going to do while we're in this wilderness. So some of you will remember us talking about Joshua. We looked at Joshua in our first Brave, Strong, Known, Love series a year ago. If you want to go back and look at it, you can listen to all of those sermons. Joshua's name, we found, holds the name of God. So in Hebrew, Joshua's name sounds more like this, Yahshua, instead of Joshua, Yahshua. And you can hear in the first part of that, Yahshua, the name of God, the Hebrew name of God, is Yahweh. So it's Yahshua. That second part, if you're looking at the Hebrew uh, word, means to save or will save us or is going to bring us salvation. So Joshua's name, his very name means God will save us. The Lord will save us. God will bring us salvation. Let me give you just a quick uh, recap on the Bible up to the place of Joshua. The first book of the Bible is Genesis, right? Genesis uh, is the place where uh, God creates all this beautiful, perfect stuff, and then the biggest mess that ever happened happened. It's called sin, and everything gets messed up in Genesis. We learn about the family of God. The second book of the Bible is Exodus. In Exodus, the people of God who've been enslaved are rescued, but then they find themselves in the wilderness. It's in the wilderness they're given the word of God, the, the commandments of God, the Ten Commandments. But before Moses can even get down the mountain with the Ten Commandments, the people have turned their, their eyes and their hearts towards another idol, and Moses slams 
becomes the, the, the Ten Commandments and they break. That's Exodus. The third book of the Bible, I don't have a good three. It's like the third book of the Bible is uh, Leviticus. We've been given the law, but we can't stand up against the law, and so we make more laws. Leviticus is all about the law. The fourth book of the Bible is Numbers. We count and compare, we count and compare, and we try to keep up. There's a lot of that going on right now, counting and comparing and looking at all these things. It's hard to do. And then the fifth book of the Bible is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy means a repetition of the law or a copy of the law. So we get the law again, and what we find is that the people of God are out in the wilderness wandering for 40 years, a long time, and they can't get to the promised land. So that's, that's the start of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then the next book is Joshua. The Lord will save us. So Deuteronomy, you need to know how it ends. It ends with Moses out in the wilderness. They've been there a long time. He goes up on top of this mountain called Mount Nebo. Mount Nebo is on the other side of the Jordan River, which is on the other side of the promised land. So Moses can see the promised land, but he's not gonna get to go in the promised land. Moses dies on top of Mount Nebo. He's buried in an unmarked grave. Nobody knows where it is. And the people of God in the wilderness, they can't get to the promised land. They can't get out of the wilderness. They mourn and put ashes on their head. For 30 days, they mourn in that place. And then Joshua comes. The first verse of the first uh, chapter of Joshua is this, after the death of Moses. I know that was a big, big buildup, but you need to know what came before. After the death of Moses. You have to understand after the death of Moses would have been saying like um, on the morning after the tornado. It would have been like saying while we were all separated from each other in the midst of this virus that is a pandemic in our land. But here's the deal, guys. This is why Joshua's important. God is still in the business of saving even after the death of Moses, even after the tornado, even in the midst of the coronavirus. I've been thinking about it. We will one day date things by this moment, the moment we're in right now. We will one day date things by this moment. We've always done things like that. As we go through hard things, you say, after my dad died, after I lost my job, you know, after my divorce. And so what I want to ask you to do is to not wish this time away. We're tempted to. I've heard, um, I've heard people already wishing 2020 away. And, and I mean, I get, I get it. It's like, let's just, I'm done with 2020. I've noticed um, at the end of a year, oftentimes when we're getting ready for a new year, I'll actually say every time when we're getting ready for a new year, there will be people that, that will say good riddance to the year that came behind. You know what I mean? It's like, man, that was a tough year. I can't wait for this next one. This is the first time in 20 years that I've been a pastor that people are wishing a year away in March. In March, we're like, I could, I could just get, get rid of it. But here's the deal. We don't need 2020 to go away. We need the great exchange. We need a, a crown for our ashes. We need joy for our mourning. We need a different garment to put on right now in the midst of our heaviness, and it is praise. Here's what we need. We need Jesus to save us. We need Jesus to come and save us. So here's what God told Joshua. He actually told him three times. After the death of Moses, here's what God told Joshua. Be strong and courageous. He told him three times. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And the third time he said, be very strong and courageous. We talked about this, this charge, be strong and courageous. Here's what it does for Joshua, and then we'll think about what it does for us. 
It reminds Joshua of God's faithfulness. Be strong and courageous. Oh, yeah, I remember who God is. It gives Joshua direction for what to do next. So it kind of centers him and settles him and helps him see what to do next. And it gives Joshua courage instead of fear. So these words that we're talking about, these words from God are a way of reminding us, giving us a little bit of direction, not a ton, and then giving us some courage in the place of our fear. And so only God can do those things. Only God can make the exchange. And we have to decide, am I going to wear these ill-fitting clothes that I should have never brought home, or am I going to put on what God is giving me? He's really giving these things. All right. I have three things for you, and then we'll close. Because I know it's sort of like, what are we supposed to be doing right now? What, what, should, what should Christians be doing? I'm sure there's a lot. I'm just going to give kind of three things to think about. The first is this. Let's put on the armor of God. We started our year in Ephesians 6. We started our year talking about putting on the armor of God. Now's the time we really need to do it. Now's the time we need to put on the armor of God. So maybe you could start doing that as a a part of your uh, prayer time or just uh, in getting a day going is actually say that, those words, or say them in your heart and put it on the belt of truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Ephesians 6, you can find the whole list there and do those things. What I think is happening right now uh, as far as the church and in this world in the midst of pandemic is we're getting an opportunity not for church to just be a one-hour thing that we uh, go to every week, but now the church is coming into our house. You know, now the church is coming into our lives. We have to cling to and say and, and do these things. So let's put on the armor of God. The second thing is let's pray Psalm 91. I'll tell you a little bit more about that, but you might think, what does Psalm 91 say? I'll tell you a, a bit of it, and then you can go look at the rest. It says this, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you'll find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. So we're going to get you this text. There's going to be a Monday email going out from Providence Church you can sign up for if you don't uh, already get it. We're going to be giving uh, you Psalm 91 and some ways that you can put it on your phone and your background and that kind of thing. In fact, if you go to prov.church slash Psalm 91, you can already access all those things. Um, but I want to tell you something really cool. I, I've been talking to churches this week. Pastors have been talking. And as a community, uh, many churches have decided to pray Psalm 91 for 91 days. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Early in the week, I talked to the pastor of Bridge Fellowship, Green Hill Church, uh, Connect Church. We talked to the Glade Church, Abundant Life. And more and more, we're spreading this out through our Everyone's Wilson Network that we as the people of God will pray Psalm 91 for 91 days. So I want to encourage you to do that. It's like, what can you do? You can read this psalm in the morning and in the evening. And we'll just be uh, praying God's promises. Uh, you'll have to wrestle a bit with Psalm 91. I t- we're going to talk more about it next week, but you'll have to wrestle with it a bit. But you will find great comfort in praying the psalm over and over. So that's another thing you can do. And then uh, the third thing is let's have communion together. At Providence Church, since we've started, almost every time we've gathered, we've had Holy Communion together. And so here we have been in this gap time where we haven't been able uh, to do that. Uh, actually, right now, I want to ask for the kids' attention. I did this last week, so if, if your kids are in the room, kind of get them over. We just got a couple more minutes. I want to talk to them, or maybe you can go back to this part uh, in, the, uh, in the message and show it to them a little bit later. But kids, if, if I've got your attention, uh, what we've been talking about this morning is a great exchange, that maybe you're feeling fear right now or uncertainty. Jesus is the one who can exchange that and give you hope and give you joy. But the great exchange of Jesus is way more than that. The story of Jesus is about exchanging um, death for life. 
And as we walk towards Easter, where we remember the cross and Jesus' crucifixion and dying on the cross for our sins and the resurrection with the empty tomb, we realize that Jesus gives this great exchange. But what we do every week uh, in Holy Communion here at Providence is what I want to call today the great reminder. Jesus said every time you gather together and break bread, so like every time you have a meal together, he was saying, remember me. And so kids, I want to call upon you in this time when you sit down at the table and when we're eating together more, aren't we? and you sit down at the table, I want you to remind the people you're with of Jesus. That Jesus said, hey, it's in moments like these we're supposed to remember God, and we're supposed to remember Jesus. He took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. He took a cup and said, this is my blood shed for you. All right, kids, I'm almost done, but I heard this story last week of a nine-year-old girl in our church. Her name's Elizabeth. And after the live stream worship had ended last Sunday, she went to the kitchen uh, and got some vanilla wafers and fruit tea and came back and served her dad communion. So that's all that they didn't have bread or juice or she didn't find it. And so she brought to her dad vanilla wafers and said, this is Christ's body broken for you. And the cup of fruit tea, (laughs) she said, this is his blood shed for you. You see, it's not the things uh, that, that make it special. It's God's spirit that does that. And so I wanted to encourage you this morning. After we're done here, we're gonna sing another song to close, but to go to the kitchen and get some bread and juice or maybe crackers and water or whatever and serve communion with your people. It's not a time to joke around. It'll feel kind of silly, but I want you to take it seriously to say this is Christ's body and this is Christ's blood given for us and we can receive communion. You may be alone right now. A bunch of folks watching this are alone right now. You're not excluded from this. You can find something and take it. This is the connection of the church and say this is Christ's body for me. This is Christ's blood for me. And communion will start happening, not just at a table in a church, but in our homes and in the world. That's how it started, guys. Jesus came to us. Jesus was with God, and Jesus came and walked our streets that are filled with diseases and dust and destruction. He came to where we are, and he brought himself, not into a building for one hour, but so that the whole world can know that he is coming to bring the great exchange. I know that a lot of this sounds crazy. I get it. Like, we're going to pray Psalm 91 for 91 days. We're going to put on spiritual armor. We're going to start serving uh, each other communion. Well, guess what, guys? Maybe this is the time we become the crazy followers of Jesus. Maybe we come out of this and we're crazy. We're so desperate for God, passionate for God, that it impacts everything that comes in our lives from this point on. This moment, we'll remember it and we'll date it and say it was in this moment that we grabbed a hold of who Jesus really was and began to spread his good news with the world. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word. We're just clinging to your word right now. That's all I'm trying to do is, is, is to lift up uh, the Holy Scriptures and for us to cling to it and live it. God, come and and give us joy where we are mourning. Give us a garment of praise instead of despair. Break us out of our depressions, our anxieties. Release us from our fears. The name of Jesus can do that. And help us to look for him everywhere we go. We want to see Jesus everywhere we go. Amen.